And it invites us in the living of that idea that love will bridge it and fill the bridge and don't think it's time. It, it involves with it those areas that we get to look at within ourselves that keep us from love and fullness completely. And so that's what we're about here at Unity Spiritual Center. Let's be real with one another, honest with one another, and find those areas where we are not yet living into our true identity, our divine identity. So, yay, all of you who are here with me today. As we do each week, we have a spiritual practice, something that we are taking with us and moving from this day into the activity of our week to understand more fully who we are in truth and our relationship with the divine. And so last week, our conversation was on God and on seeing God through the activity of our week. And so that was the spiritual practice. Can you take this idea with you that I can see God through the activity of my life? And can you discover God there? So how many of you took up that spiritual practice last week? All right, I see some hands. And so knowing that if you took on that spiritual practice, there was surely some deeper understanding that you came to or some aha or something, I want to give you the opportunity to share that with the rest of the community because that's how we inspire one another to live these teachings. So who wants to share with us? Dale does. Yay, Dale. All right, this is Dale Miller. Hi. Well, I had a day this week that was really complicated and there was a lot going on and a lot of different threads, but, but everything sort of fell in place and happened at the right time. And it ended up where, where in the evening I decided to do some meditation. And, and, uh, but I was tired and I fell asleep. <laughs> but I woke up just in time to make my 7 o'clock meal. <laughs> and so I was thinking, I'm getting the system something. Wow. How did that feel to know that, right? I'm getting assistance out there. What feeling comes up within you when you realize that? Just being part of something larger. Being part of something larger. Thank you. That's beautiful. So recognizing and realizing God is here. I am one with that and I am a part of something larger. Anybody else want to share? Yeah, go ahead. Well, excuse me. This is a shameless plug. But uh, as I wrote in my uh, blog last week, it's easier for us to find God in the happy parts of our lives, the good, you know, the, the new child, the new grandchild, whatever, or, uh, you know, a celebration of a new job, etc. It's easy to see God in that, but it's more challenging to find God in those parts of the world that, and, our, and of ourself um, that are not so good. Well, personally, um, I was looking for where can I find God in the areas where I'm struggling. And one of the things was um, envy and jealousy is too strong of a term for it, but observing others that are doing better in some aspect of their life and a place like I would like to be. Um, and when I feel myself feeling that and I'm looking for God in that, um, I'm realizing that it's a message that you can be more than you are. Not that what I am is not enough, so to speak, but you can be more. And it's, it's um, something that um, I'm not looking at the others as, oh, they're gifted or being blessed in some way that I'm not, but that I can be there. Well, how does that feel to recognize that, that idea, take root? 
it's it's a it's a mixed feeling. It's yes, okay, I, I have something to shoot for, but then it's taking on responsibility to make it happen. Anybody else? Oh, Karen. Okay. So I um, set my mind for this week that I was going to look for God everywhere, and the lesson I got from this is how much God is everywhere, and how many things happened in my life that if I had just been going along and not paying attention, would not have realized how important that was, that God's presence dissolved that situation, made that easier, um, made connections, I got nuggets to do things that I wouldn't have done, you know, just all kinds of things that just brought so much more conscious awareness to me, just by holding on to, look for God over there. I'm asking for the feeling because I promised you last week that maybe I'd have a prize for the person with the best example, right, of how you saw God this week. But, you know, even as I held that idea in my mind, I knew that the biggest prize that you could find was that prize within yourself, right, of applying these ideas, discovering God everywhere, realizing you're a part of something greater, realizing you are more than you are, Feeling that sense of awe and inspiration in these ideas, what better prize could there be? What better gift? What better blessing, right? Than what we find within ourselves when we live into this. So this is what I'm encouraging and inviting us all to. And today we're continuing on in this discussion. Remember, our overarching theme for 2020 is our our willingness for perfect vision and to see through a spiritual lens. And that we're beginning with some of these very basic unity teachings that support us in seeing through that spiritual lens. And today, we're talking about Jesus. The last week, it was God. This week, it's Jesus. And I'm going to start today by saying, you know, there's a part of me that feels a sense of, um, I'll just say nervousness, right? That, That as I'm sharing with you what I'm going to share with you about unity's perception, about Jesus and our understanding of Jesus, that some of you might get hit inside with, ooh, I don't know if I quite believe that. And I say that because as I have shared with this community over the past five years about what Jesus is and who we believe Jesus is, I have had people come to me afterwards to say, oh, now I understand that unity is not for me. So I want to include everybody in this community while at the same time recognizing that our teachings may or may not resonate with you. So I'm I'm going to put that out there. If what you are hearing today doesn't resonate with you, I invite you to sit with it, to sit with how it makes you uncomfortable, and then to ask the question of, is this for me? Can I I explore this further? Am I willing to look more deeply at this? So that's how I'm going to begin. Because Jesus in unity is taught much differently than the Jesus that you might have grown up hearing about and believing about. I was raised Catholic, you know, so so I heard the story of Jesus. I went through eight years of Catholic grade school. I heard about Jesus. I heard about, you know, how he came and how he was the Son of God and how he was the exception and 
part of the Trinity and, you know, here to save me and all of those ideas. I've heard all of those ideas. And by the time I was in my late 20s, I rejected all of those ideas. I said, Jesus, but I was taught as a child just didn't make any sense to me. And so I rejected those ideas, and in the rejection of those ideas about Jesus, I also rejected my Christian roots, those roots that I had grown up in. And then came full circle when I found Unity and heard Unity's perspective of Jesus and thought, well, now here's something that makes sense to me. Here's something that I can resonate with. And, and so came full circle to once more embrace my Christian roots, although from a totally different perspective. Because Unity does teach these ideas from a different perspective. Jesus in Unity is not the great example or exception. He is the great example, right? Jesus is not the great exception, but is our great example. So unity teaches that Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. That Jesus came 2,000 years ago to show us the way. To show us the way to what? To show us the way to that inner Christ spirit that is inside of each and every one of us that is within all of creation. And in showing us that that Christ light is within us, it showed us the way to walk to reveal that Christ light through the activity of our lives. So it's not so much about worshiping Jesus as it is about walking the way that Jesus gave us to walk. And that requires a lot It requires more than just getting these ideas in our minds but not living them in our lives. Jesus is inviting us into a transformation. And one of the first things that I think about when I think about transformation through this way that Jesus walked is a story that he shared when he was asked by a group of people why his disciples didn't fast. You see, at the time that Jesus lived, there were all of these laws that were practiced by the Jewish people trying to restore God's kingdom here on earth. And one of those laws around fasting that was noticed, well, Jesus, you and your disciples aren't doing this. John the Baptist does this. You know, a good Jew does this. Why don't you do this? And he goes into several things, but one of the things he talks about is he gives us this little idea about not placing new wine in an old wineskin. Right? So, hmm, that's interesting. What's that about? And so in unity, there is this idea that that new wine being placed into an old wineskin is a new idea, a new thought, a new way of seeing things placed into that same old mindset that we've always had. And unless we are willing to change our minds, unless we are open to, open to coming to the moment with a fresh, new mind, willing to be changed, willing to be open, right, these ideas can't take root. We can't jump into them. A new wineskin is going to sprout as that fermentation process takes place. It's not going to explode and be destroyed. It's going to 
stretch into that new wine that's there in that wineskin, right? And so you and I are invited to stretch our minds into a new way of seeing the world. Because Jesus came with a radical message. A radical message of inclusivity. A radical message of loving one another. A radical message of forgiveness and compassion and understanding. And the ones that he saw as having the most closed mind were the religious leaders of his time. The ones that he rebuked. The the Pharisees who he saw as hypocrites. Here you are. You know the law. You know what it is that you're supposed to do, but you've forgotten the spirit that is behind that law. And so he gives us another story. Another story of the Good Samaritan, which we all know that story, right? Here is this man laying in the center of the road, hurt. And the religious leaders come walking by. Now in that day, there was this idea of clean and unclean. And you had to be clean to go into the temple. The religious people needed to be clean. Therefore, they could not touch someone who was unclean. Someone who was lying in the road, bleeding, would have been considered unclean. And as they pass by that one who was unclean in their mind, they're thinking about, I need to get to temple. I need to go worship. And ignoring them, this one, because if I touch him, I will be unclean. And after those um, religious leaders come by, then what comes by is a Samaritan. Now, you may or may not know that a Samaritan in those days was considered unclean. A Samaritan was someone of mixed race. A Samaritan was looked at by the Israelites, by the Jewish people, as someone less than. And it is this someone that the law would have them see this someone as less than, as unclean, that stops and helps that man lying in the road, bleeding. And Jesus shares this story as as the answer to, you know, so who is our neighbor? Who are we here to help? Who are we here to uplift? Who are we here to be kind to? Who are we here to be loving to? And he totally flips on end who that is for people. Here is an example of someone that our religious people would say is not clean and not worthy and not good and not of God, but they are the example for us of what we are called to live and to be. Can you see the radical message in that? Again, asking us to come to this with a new mind, an open mind ready for new understanding. Jesus was asked about those laws and whether he was trying to change those laws. And his response to that was, I am not here to change the law, but to fulfill the law. The law was in place in order to restore God's kingdom here on earth. The law was in place in order to reveal that divinity within creation. And Jesus said, I haven't come to change that. It's why we're here. 
We're all here to restore God's kingdom here on earth. We're all here for that purpose. That's what I'm here to fulfill, and how do I fulfill that? So then he gave the answer to what is the greatest commandment. And the greatest commandment, of course, is to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. And the second commandment is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. And that's when he goes on to explain who our neighbor is. So the path of Jesus, the way of Jesus, the way that we are all called to be and to express is the way of love. It's to love one another. It's to love God. And then to recognize that that Spirit of God is within everyone. And therefore, I can love everyone. I can see that Spirit of God within everyone. And it doesn't matter you know, how the world defines that. It's there in the Samaritans. In Jesus' world, it was there within the prostitutes. It was there within the tax collectors. It was there within the lepers. It was there within the women. It was there within the marginalized of our society. There. Love one another. That's what Jesus told us to. And sometimes I fear that the unity is like this, um, feel-good religion, right? This feel-good movement where we pick and choose what it is that we're going to believe. And so, therefore, we have created this idea of Jesus that is a feel-good Jesus that is a, you know, wimpy, mamby-pamby, loving Jesus. Oh, please, is sometimes what I hear. But those of us who take seriously this challenge to live the way of Jesus discover in the process that this is far from easy. Anybody find it easy to love each and every one that comes across your path? We have to reach deep inside of ourselves and find a way to be loving, accepting of each one that comes, while at the same time, here's our, here's our challenge, here's our paradox to recognize that we love and accept each one as they are is that divine Christ and expression uniquely and individually of each one, while at the same time encouraging one another to look even more deeply at how we can reveal ever more of who we are in truth. So it's kind of a paradox. Yeah, Debbie, I accept you and love you just as you are, but then there's more good news. You can be even more than that. Come be that with me. Dan, I love you. You are so beautiful and perfect and whole and holy. I see that in you. And together we can be so much more than we are currently expressing ourselves to be. Do you see that? It's a paradox. Loving and accepting and encouraging each one to be ever more. And Jesus did that with the marginalized in his society. Right? Reached out his hand. I see you. You're whole. You're holy. You're perfect. Now go forth and sing no more, right? Both and. So I was thinking about how we are all called to be that and to walk that. One of the things that um, Jesus also said was, take up your cross and follow me. 
He didn't say put down your cross and follow me. Do you get it? Take up your cross and follow me. So where you are feeling judged or judging, take that up and follow me. Where you are feeling unforgiveness, take that up and follow me. Where you are feeling like the victim, take that up and follow me. Where you are feeling less than, take that up and follow me. Because it is in the following of the way of Christ that you will transform whatever that cross is. So it's not to deny those things, right? Not to deny that they're happening, but to recognize that they are the very gift that has been given to us to walk through so that we can discover in the process that divine Christ life that we are and rise up confidently in that awareness. So I got curious. As I said, Jesus was a ministry um, about including others and especially the marginalized in his day. So I thought, well, I wonder who would be you know, decided as the marginalized in our society today. So I just did a quick Google search and found this. This actually comes from uh, the Psychological Association of Minnesota. Okay, so Minnesota. Okay, so this is what a sample of uh, the most marginalized groups in our society today. Senior citizens racial and cultural minorities, military combat veterans, persons of below average intelligence, hearing, visually, and physically challenged persons, persons with serious and persistent mental illness, persons with cognitive impairment, gamblers, substance abusers, people on the autism spectrum, gifted and talented persons, persons with disfigurement, persons living in poverty, sex offenders, the homeless, felons, people who are LGBTQ. These are the people that have been identified as marginalized in our society. And I invite us all to ask the question, how am I showing up? with those who are marginalized within our society. Can my loved ones, can I accept them? Can I see the Christ in them? Can I support them? Can I encourage them? Can I honor them? Can I respect them? Going back to my first question as I stood up. That idea of love can build a bridge. And who's here? And who's ready? I also recognize with you that it is not easy to pick up our cross and to follow Jesus as being that love and acceptance for those who are a part of our marginalized society. So I want to step back to one thing that I shared last week. And use that as an illustration for how we, as a community, can walk this way of Jesus. So one of those marginalized groups that was listed there was our family who identify as LGBTQ. And last week, I shared with you that our community had a request to be able to include preferred pronouns on our name tag. And I announced that last week, and I want to acknowledge right here, right now, 
But you know what? There was a whole variety of reaction to that. There were people who said, yes, this makes me so proud of this community and of what we stand for. And there were people over here who said, no, that makes me uncomfortable. I don't understand. Why is this important? Why do we have to choose our preferred pronouns? And then I had people in between who said, I can accept that and I can love that, but I'm confused about the grammar of it. You know, now we're talking about they for individuals. And how does that work, right? And so we had this whole variety of reactions to our decision as a community to simply offer on an optional basis anybody who would like to let us know what your preferred pronoun is by putting a simple sticker on your name tag. There are those who were so hit by that that I hear are thinking about maybe this isn't my community. Maybe I need to step away. I share this with you because we are love and acceptance of all people as they are. So what does that mean? That means that I love and accept those who are saying, I don't know if I can do this, Joanne. This doesn't make any sense to me. And it's pushing my buttons. And I accept that that's how you feel. And I accept those over here who say, I totally get it and I'm willing to do this and I'm applauding and I'm giving Ellie a, a standing ovation because she had the, the courage to stand up that day. They had the courage to stand up last week and give us that information. And I'm accepting of those who are discussing the grammar of it all. We, we accept the whole wide range and then we take a step back. And we say, we are a spiritual community here to walk the way that Jesus gave us. The walk of radical inclusivity. The walk of recognizing and realizing that in spite of everything, each and every one is that divine Christ light expressing. And how do we then honor that within each other? And now it no longer becomes whether or not any of us understand the need to choose our preferred pronoun. You don't have to understand it in order to love someone who chooses to let you know what their preferred pronoun is. You don't have to try to wrap your mind around how does the grammar of this work. You just simply need to accept that one who is in front of you. And he said, I prefer to be called they, them. And you know what? That's not easy. But this is what we do. And we honor, love, accept, respect the many faces of that divine Christ life that shows up uniquely and individually as each one of us here. We walk the way of Christ. And we say, you know what? And I don't understand why you need to identify as he's him, but I can respect it. And I can see you as that. And I can honor you by telling you what you prefer. It's that simple. So where's our practice? Where's our practice? It's happening in the world out there. It's happening out there and it's creating division and we are not the only spiritual community talking about these things. 
Anything here of the United Methodist Church? Right, that is right now looking at splitting? Right, because of these very issues. So it is important that we as a spiritual community be able to have an honest, open, authentic discussion about this and to accept when someone is resistant to it and to accept when somebody is, is not resistant to it and put that all aside, take up our cross, take up those things that we want to go into into our mind about why we have to do this and we shouldn't need to do this, take it all up and just say, what does it look like to be loved here? And then move into that. And it's not easy. And it, it requires that you be willing to be uncomfortable in the process. Anybody think it was comfortable of Jesus to make that last walk during the cross? But in that walk, he discovered depths within himself of his oneness with God, of the strength, of the peace, of the forgiveness, of the love that he had within him. He found it through that walk that he took with that cross, and he said, you all take up your cross too and follow this way of love, compassion, forgiveness, understanding, and you too will be transformed and resurrected because I've shown you the way. So, in unity, Jesus is our teacher. Jesus is our way shower. Jesus is our example. Jesus is not the exception. How many of you would like to follow the example of Jesus this week? No matter how uncomfortable you get, no matter how difficult the walk may be, no matter what you have to face inside of yourself to walk that way, this is the path of transformation. So here's our practice. Think about the characteristics of Jesus as demonstrated through his life. Think about those characteristics. He showed up as forgiveness. He showed up as understanding. He showed up as love. He showed up as wisdom. He showed up as life. Think of those characteristics that Jesus showed up through walking the way of Christ. What is the most attainable characteristic that you can incorporate into your life? In other words, don't take the hardest one. Start with something easy. Start with something easy. What would that be? Love. For Karen, it might be love. For someone else, it might be something else. Choose one. And then make the choice that I am going to incorporate this into my life this week. I am going to live into that quality fully and completely. I don't care how uncomfortable I get. I don't care how challenging this is. I don't care how difficult. I am going to walk the way of Christ and do that. Who's with me? about any of these things? Yeah. Come to me. Thank you. I guess.